Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. How do you make a vacation last? How do you hold on to the joy, the clarity, the calm? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool, white, sandy beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll meet locals brimming with gratitude for an island that redefines what a paradise can be. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 134 in Edmonton. Welcome back, everybody. It's Monday. Bob Stoffer joining you from uh, Los Gatos, California. Uh, this is Oilers Now. It's a place that our next guest knows well because he spent several years as a assistant coach with the San Jose Sharks uh, the last three seasons on Todd McClellan's staff, and now he's uh, ventured off on his own as a head coach uh, in the American Hockey League with the Bakersfield Condors. Uh, Jay Woodcroft, how are you doing? I'm doing good, Bob. Thanks for having me on. Uh, what can you tell me about Los Gatos? Did you ever make your way up here at all? Oh, yeah, actually, uh, that's a really, really nice suburb of... Uh, the city of San Jose, um, it has its own little downtown uh, with lots of restaurants and shops. In fact, uh, I know you guys are staying there because of the college football championship that's on. Uh, and you're not in your typical yep. um, typical hotel that you'd stay in in San Jose. That actually happened to our team uh with the Condors here at the start of our season, we uh, we couldn't find a hotel room in San Jose um, that could fit uh, our team. Uh, so we actually, our first trip into San Jose, we stayed in Los Gatos as well. And uh, our guys loved it just because of all the activities uh, around the hotel region there. Well, and as wouldn't surprise you, because you know my passion for the college game, uh, Jack, myself, and Sean May are heading off here right after the show uh, into wow. uh, Santa Clara to go watch to go watch Alabama and Clemson. So that'll be twice in the last uh, four years, Jay, because uh, we were wow. in Arizona a couple of years ago uh, when Alabama yep, played Clemson. Know. That was the first championship game. Uh, so uh, there you go. All right, well, let's talk a bit about, uh, hey, just before we get to your team, we're talking, uh, you know, the orders, and you were part of this because you were on the coaching staff and you knew what the mindset was going to be that uh, the the entire organization wanted to build a bigger, heavier team uh, that could compete in the Pacific Division. As you know, the particularly the Kings and the Ducks had, had kind of, uh, well, I'll say it from my perspective, they, they'd intimidated Edmonton. They'd kind of run the Oilers show. San Jose did it a little, you guys did it a little bit differently with San Jose. You had, I think, a little bit more skill, which is not to belittle what Anaheim and, and L.A. had, but L.A. you know, had a degree of nastiness to their game. And so uh, when Peter Shirelli came aboard, I mean, he, it was not just Shirelli's philosophy. It was the entire organization's philosophy to, uh, you know, to get bigger, to get heavier, uh, to, to build a team that could play that way. And uh, the league's kind of moved the other way. 
And I know I've heard some reports down in the your division in the American Hockey League that that's probably the toughest division still in the AHL, the last of the divisions that still has a couple teams employing a guy that can, uh, you know, are, are punchers and that sort of thing. Are we seeing less of this than ever before in hockey, do you think? Yeah, I, th- I think so. I think um, um, bottom line is you need 20 players that can play, so they have to be able to take a shift. They can't just be one-dimensional in the, in the skill set. Um, that said, hockey is still a very physical game. I think there's different measures of physicality, though, and different ways of being hard. Um, there are some smaller stature players that are very hard just because they're willing to do things uh, that other players aren't. Guys that are willing to go to the blue paint and stop. Guys that play inside people's equipment. Um, guys that win one-on-one battles. That's a form of being physical without without the fighting element of things. I know, you know, you mentioned our division here. It is a tough division. There are some big teams uh, that play heavy type of hockey that make it hard. Uh, and a few of them have those, you know, those guys that, that have the ability uh, to drop the gloves and fight. For us, what we talk about is, as a team is, is a pack mentality, a team toughness of sticking together, making sure no one takes liberties on us by sticking together, but we want to play between the whistles. But we define what hard is for our group and what playing tough is for our group. And, um, you know, so far we don't feel down here in Bakersfield that we've been pushed out of any games. Um, we feel that we're a, we're a tough team to play against. That When you play the Bakersfield Condors, you know you're in for one. And uh, we're not taking any shortcuts. Well, I mean, you look at Ontario Rain, that's L.A.'s farm team. they got over 500 penalty minutes in 31 games. Uh, so yeah. they are a tough team, right? So, I mean, that kind of speaks volumes. You guys have a, a 547 winning percentage. You had a tough weekend. You went 0-2-1 in the weekend. Uh uh, you know, you're four, three, two, and one. So you got points in seven of your last ten games, which is good. The problem is for you, you've only got the four wins. And I'm just looking at the offense a bit here, and 99 goals in 32 games. And uh, I'm thinking it's you, you. Have we seen maybe with a couple of your guys that are first year players in the American Hockey League that uh, you know is it fair to say maybe there's been a bit of a, a plateau effect that's occurred at least in the short term here. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a natural um, thing for some young players, too. Uh, just like in the NHL, the pace of play and the quality of scoring chance at the 20-game mark is a little bit different than at the 40-game mark. Uh, the league gets better, and it's incumbent upon us as a group to make sure we're finding new ways uh, to create offense. Um, one of our focal points as a team this year coming into the season was to reduce the amount of goals against that uh, historically the Condors had given up. And I think last year there were uh, the number on the year was around 222, somewhere around there. And uh, so that was a real focal point. So we wanted to make sure that we were keeping our goals against at uh, three goals or or, you know, under three. And if we could do that, we felt just based on our our prep work that if you do that, you give yourself a chance to make the playoffs. And with two young goaltenders, you know, in our nets right now, and the commitment that our 
players have to defense has been outstanding. We're we're right where we want to be with that. Uh, our scoring has dried up a little bit. Part of that is is you know player movement, guys going up that were hot, and that's what we're here for is to feed the big team and and make sure that the players that are going up are playing well and and whatnot. But we need to find ways to manufacture offense when it when it's not going easy for us. Uh, so that's been a real focal point over practices in the last two weeks or so. Um, finding ways to score those dirty, gritty, playoff-type goals. And uh, while we haven't had a ton, we've been in every single game that we've played. I think in the month of October, we were 7-3-2, and two, which is a great month for us. Since Christmas, we've... Uh, you know, we haven't been as as dominant as we were earlier in the month. But that said, we're I think every game that we've played has been a one-goal game. So we're right there. It's about finding that next goal without sacrificing uh, the dis- defensive side of things. And we've challenged our group. We had a good practice today. And we're, we're ready for a big week on the road, uh, which starts Wednesday night at Texas. Jay Woodcroft is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. He joins us right now. Al Montoya uh, will describe it as a upper body injury. He has been out a while. Geez, he's got to be out, what, about a month right now? Yeah, I think just under a month. Yeah, just under a month. And, okay. You know, so you're uh, running I with... think there's progress there, which is, which is okay. Um, but, you know, you know, it's something that we're monitoring and, and making sure that uh, when he comes back, he's 100% healthy. All right, so Shane Sturette is 6-2-1. He's got a 2.74 goals against average, 906 save percentage. Dylan Wells, who had a real tough year last year in the OHL, uh, 9-10 save percentage, 2.75 goals against average. He's 4-4. Four four. So those are the two rookie, you know, I mean, these are not experienced uh, goaltenders at this level. Uh, just a thought on each guy, if you can maybe educate our listeners, because, we, you know, we, we tend to focus on the Bensons and the Yamamoto's or Pulley Arby's when they're down there or the Bears or the Joneses. But what can you tell us about these two young goaltenders? Well, first of all, uh, as I mentioned there, both of them give us a chance to win on a, a nightly basis. So that's a great quality. Uh, Shane's a big body. Um, he makes a good first save. He keeps... Uh, he, he keeps his crease pretty tidy. Um, he's a gamer. He's the type of guy that he just finds a way to make saves and keeps keeps games close. Um, Dylan is an athlete, uh, just a phenomenal athlete. He is a guy who plays the puck very well. He's come in, uh, I think his first game of the year was our second game of the year against San Jose, he gave up five goals, went down to the East Coast League, worked on his game, was the East Coast League Player of the Week. He got called up and put in a hard situation, and he's earned the trust of his teammates um, that feel good when he's in the net, just like with Shane and, and with Al. So it's been a real... Um, progression for him in his season and he's miles ahead of where he was um, in September and in October and I think that's a credit to his work ethic and a credit to our goaltending coach Sly Rodrigue. Both of those guys are the benefactors of a team-wide work ethic, a team-wide commitment to defending that we talked about earlier in the conversation where you know, we want to make sure that we're a team that doesn't give up 
anything more than 24, 25 shots again. So we help insulate those first-year American Hockey League goaltenders um, by playing good defense. And when we need them and they're called upon, they've been great so far. So we're, we're very happy and feel good about that position with our team. You got a couple of veteran defensemen, Keegan Lowe and Ryan Stanton, that are there to be, uh, you know, solid for you. Uh, Logan Day is an American Hockey League that actually leads the defense in scoring. But two of the guys that we get asked the most about are Ethan Bear and and William Wagason, who is starting for uh, Oilers fans not to be such a sleeper, based upon the fact that you know he's had a pretty decent first uh, pro year. Bear has yet to score yet, but just uh, a thought as to. Uh, how those two others prospects are performed for you? Yeah, uh, William Lagason is an absolute warrior. Uh, he's a physical um, body position, hard net front type of defenseman that just makes plays. Like he he is someone who competes on every puck, wins his battles, has poise uh, under pressure. Um, he has contributed on the offensive side of things, especially earlier in the year. But he moves pucks and, and is a solid player. He's a very, very trusted guy for, for Dave Manson rolling out the D. Um, he's been excellent. He plays against the best and has the entire season played against the best players on the other team. He's been, he's been great. Um, Ethan, I said this before about him, that when he came back in the lineup, the team really started to take off and win. And I don't think that's by accident. I think he helps us move pucks. He defends very well. Uh, he's been very good on the penalty kill. Uh, his offensive production from a shooting it in the net standpoint hasn't been where he wants it to be. But I can tell you that he he has been challenged to shoot the puck a little bit more uh, in which he has. I think his game has really taken off here in the last two two and a half weeks or so he's assumed the mantle of responsibility of more ice time since caleb has been called up and has done great um he's moving pucks he's moving bodies away from the front of our net he's he's in a really good spot as well and uh just like the entire decor for us we keep it simple we don't spend a lot of time in our end because we put an emphasis on breaking out clean and that's a credit to those guys moving pucks and getting their feet moving. They both been very well. Uh, I, you know, I don't have Benson. I, like for me, Benson and Hebig, and I know they're sort of one-two for you offensively right now. These are guys that I'd like to see in a perfect world pushing for time next year. You know what I mean? Like I think you have to be pragmatic yeah. in, the, in the approach because both guys missed a lot of time in junior hockey due to injury. The one guy that has come up that, to me, I think could play, and it's in a completely in a depth role. Every time he goes down to your team, I just look at the, the plus-minus stats, and some people think that's an overrated statistic. I'd say not always, but Patrick Russell. Like To me, Patrick Russell could probably play in the NHL as a serviceable 12th, 13th forward just because he, he knows it, like Jay, when he's been here, he knows his role. He plays in straight lines. He can kill penalties, and he's smart, and he's low-maintenance. Is that a fair scouting report? I, I think that's bang on, Bob. He's a very professional guy. He takes his craft seriously. He's a big body, has a man's body. 
And he's at a different stage in his development than some of the forwards you mentioned earlier. He, he's been a pro now for for three or so years, and and he is. Um, I can tell you that he is a very trusted player. He played uh, well over 20 minutes um, on the weekend here in both games. Plays in every situation. I think he's a dynamite penalty killer. He's strong on the puck. He wins battles. He understands who he is and what his skill set is. So he's not confused in any way about um, trying to cheat for offense or trying to put up 50 goals per year uh, at the sacrifice of uh, playing a good 200-foot game. He knows what he is. He accepts that. He wants to be the best 200-foot player he can be. And on our team, he does everything. Uh, he plays in all situations. He's even gone on uh, the power play in the last little bit, and he's done a good job in that front for us there. He is a solid person, a solid professional, and I think a player with a good future. Well, he's also restricted. The orders are going to need to uh, qualify him. Just to wrap up, Jay, you mentioned you're back at it this week. Uh, I don't know if you got San Diego on their schedule, but uh, the uh, the goals are 9 and 2 over their last 11 with Dallas Akins, and the Anaheim Ducks are 0-6-2 in their last eight with Randy Carlisle. You can deduce what I might be suggesting down the road here, but uh, conversely, uh, who do you play this week? This week we have uh, the Texas Stars, the reigning Western Conference uh, finalists. Um, so they're, they're a really good team that's playing well. Uh, so we go on the road to, to visit them for one game, then we fly off to, to Colorado. And, you know, it, it, as you mentioned, our division is very tight. Game points are hard to come by. Uh, now's the time where you're seeing a lot of teams playing each other. And for us, our concern uh, and our focus is on our team and uh, just trying to get better every day and bank as many points as we can and continue to win and develop. Great stuff, Jay. We'll hook up next week. Thank you for your time. Okay, Bob. Take care. You bet. That is Jay Woodcroft. He is the head coach of the Bakersfield Condors. Royal Pizza, Pizza Pass, and so much more. Edmonton owned and operated for 49 years. For menu and locations, visit royalpizza.ca. Download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. Stop for recommendation Royal Pizza, Mediterranean Chicken. When we come back, uh, we will get... Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. To this day in Oilers history, and it involves Dustin Penner and Matthew Garon. This is Oilers Now. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio 630 Chad. 
Welcome back, everybody. It's 153 in Edmonton. Let's go to a text on the Heartland Ford text line at 630-630. Bob, I've been a referee for nine years doing mostly elite minor hockey. Hockey Canada pushes that we call absolutely everything dirty to the most severe punishment possible, five-minute majors games. It seems as if the NHL is more worried about limiting the power plays to a specific number for each team. The refs need to have more control and call it as they see it. There's no doubt in my mind that the league wants it in their way or the highway. It's terrible to see players will pay the consequences with injuries. That one comes to us from Kale. Kale, that is called uh, managing the game. Bob, I really believe this team doesn't have a guy with a voice that gets the guys pumped up and focused uh, like a Taze or a Gallagher or a Marner or a Marchant. Okay? And Oilers GM has texted me to say, Bob, rumor has it the last time you went to a college championship game, you didn't want to pay the $75 to watch your favorite team. Kind of surprises me when we all know you're so well compensated by the Cates group. Bob, you can hear the birds calling your name right now. Cheap, cheap, cheap from Oilers GM. It was more than 75 bucks, just so you know. And tonight's going to be a lot more. <laughs> so, But it's going to be worth it. Um, very quickly, we'll bring aboard Brendan Escott. What do you think, Brendan? The line's like six points right now. Five and a half, six points for... Uh, Alabama. Yeah, I'm a sucker for the underdog. And frankly, this, to me, Alabama is the Patriots of college football, right? I don't think anybody would argue that. So it's, I I get a little bit of satisfaction out of seeing Nick Saban falter. But I don't think they will tonight. I think they take down another championship. What do you think? As good as Clemson is, and Clemson's good, they've got a real good defensive front seven. Alabama loses to one type of when they lose and they don't lose often they lose like once every second year when they lose it's usually to a dual threat quarterback you know a guy that can uh, run an RPO uh, read pass option a run pass option and you, you take a look at it and they are Trevor Lawrence is not a running quarterback they had some problems with Kyler Murray in the second half of that game against Oklahoma uh, he's a classic uh, drop-back quarterback. Clemson's really good in the box, but I think Bama's going to win her tonight. All right, let's get to uh, – that's because that's going to upset the guy. The show is called Orders now, but, hey, it is the national championship game. It's the biggest story in the States. We are going to go to this day in Orders history for New West Travel. Edmonton's premier travel company for 38 years. Book your winter group vacation package with New West Travel and receive free parking at the Value Park at the Edmonton International Airport. Go online at newwesttravel.com for all your vacation needs. What happened on this day back? in 2008, Brendan. Well, Bob, the Oilers shut out the New York Islanders. 4-0 on home ice. Mathieu Garand made uh, 35 saves. Dustin Penner, Jarrett Stoll, Alish Hemsky, and Sean Horkov, and Tom Gilbert all registered two-point nights. Yeah, that was at the point where Garand had kind of wrestled the starting job away from uh, Dwayne Rolson in the back half last season. Then Rolson wrestled it back the next season. Uh, that is uh, this day in order's history for New West Travel. Reminder tonight, Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins from 6 to 8 p.m. Tomorrow, stop for inspector for Horse Racing Alberta and the 7,000 men and women employed in the horse racing industry. And uh, we'll have a full preview of the orders game against the San Jose Sharks. Up next, the news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell, followed by the 6.30 Jet Afternoon News with Jalen Nye and Andrew Gross. Have a wonderful Monday, everybody. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.